Welcome to episode 41 of the Amanda Wagner podcast. In this episode, we talk about what our holiday vacation breaks look like and what we've learned. We share some of the fears and anxieties about coming back to work and use an analogy to fight off some of these scaries. And we talk about our first weeks back at work. And in WWAWD, we answer Freya's question about imposter syndrome. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. Often when you take a break from work, you're ready to be done. Chances are you are either a little bit burnt out, you're tired, you've been counting down the days till your vacation, you've told people that you'll be off and away, you've done some work in advance, maybe you've even cleaned your desk or deleted some of the work apps from your phone. You take the break and it is glorious. As somebody who just took a break, it was absolutely magical. It took a few days to ease myself in, as I'm sure it takes you a few days to get into the groove and you finally start to relax. If you're like me, you take great comfort in knowing that you haven't received any emergency phone calls, the world is not imploding, and things are still happening without you. So you can truly take a break. And then it's time to come back. And if you normally face any Sunday night scaries, any anxiety that you've forgotten how to do your job or worries about what's waiting for you in your inbox, in your Slack channel or on your desk, this feeling increases tenfold after an extended period away. Liz and I both took vacation in July. Parts of it were a staycation, parts of it were actually going away. I was off for the entire month of July and Liz was off for the last two weeks with some long weekends peppered in. And coming back, we definitely had some feelings. Liz, talk me through what you did to unplug and how you planned for your time away. Well, I will say I wasn't... I wasn't totally on vacation um, the, the last two weeks of July. I did it a little bit differently this time around. My long weekends that I've peppered in through the summer, I've been unplugged. Uh, these two weeks in July, I would say I was like 88% away. The biggest thing I did do, I was out of my inbox. So I put an out of office on my email because I feel like that's, that's such an energy suck the email, that that was a really big thing for me. I put the thing up that I was like, you know what? I didn't even say I was on vacation in it. I said, I won't be in my inbox for the next two weeks. Uh, Talk to you after the August long weekend. Uh, So that was really nice. So I'd still, I was still a little bit kind of peeking in uh, for some of my client accounts, you know, bless social media scheduling it's really helpful. It's not available for all of the things just yet. Things like reels or certain Instagram stories where you want to engage. You can't schedule those. Thanks a lot. 
Mark Zuckerberg. So I had a little bit of peeking in every once in a while. So in order to prepare for being away, it was a lot of working ahead, which everyone knows that feeling like the stress of preparing for a vacation. <laughs> I've talked to people, it's like, is it worth it to go on vacation? Because the prep is so uh, intense. Uh, so I usually work one or one and a half weeks ahead uh, on my content. I worked about three weeks ahead mm-hmm. at the end of June and into July, just to kind of get that head start uh, on things. Uh, I also you know, had all of my writing projects in well ahead of deadline and other things that had come up, I either declined or asked for different deadlines because I didn't want to do any intensive work for those last two weeks of July. Everything I did was was um, just on my phone. I had texted you mm-hmm. when I got back into the office to say my penmanship is terrible because I haven't written anything down <laughs> in weeks. Yes, my, <laughs> my writing hand- is a lot slower. My hand is tired. Hand hurts. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I I I wasn't a hundred percent off like I am around Christmas. I I am a hundred percent off around the Christmas holidays. Here, I was just really, 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 really scaled back but it still felt really good. This inadvertently felt like a beautiful advertisement for all the things that you can do and when your (laughs) vacation is. So if anybody is looking for a digital media specialist and social media manager, she's completely off during Christmas. She has great boundaries around her email inbox. She schedules many posts, but is still active when producing stories and reels so that she can engage. (laughs) All for the intention. What is interesting, you and I, of course, have have different careers. And so I think knowing that you can schedule so much is, is helpful. You certainly have to do a ton of prep work in advance. But the nature of your industry is that there are some things that simply can't be scheduled or have to be unscheduled. There are some moments, I know we had recorded a podcast episode last spring during the the initial flood of coronavirus and we were talking about um, life is long versus life is short an anecdote that actually is going to come up in a future podcast but we decided to pull back on that episode and said this isn't the time Mm -hmm. or there have been um, posts that were supposed to go out and you said look something's happening in the world we need to pay more attention to this. Mm-hmm. So even though you can schedule a bunch of your work, the nature of your career is that it just demands that you're still on. Yeah, and and I, I because I work with so many so many different industries, some of them get really busy in the summer. Like I work with restaurants who are promoting their patios during the the Christmas season. It seems like way more people across all industries kind of take a step back. So it works more to be hundred percent off for three weeks in December, but yeah, it's just, it just, yeah, you're, it's just the nature of what I do that I can't all, like, it's a little bit tougher for me to go completely dark, uh, but 88% off is pretty good for me. For me, when I tell people I take the month off, the first response is, oh, how lucky, or, oh, it must be nice. And yes, it is very nice. And yes, I plan for it. I go into every year intending to take July off. It's my anniversary. It's my birthday. It's beautiful in Edmonton. I have a spectacular kiddie pool that I love to spend time in and I love to read and recharge. My partner is also... uh, off from work. His work isn't as intense in July. So we get to spend a lot of time together. 
But in order to do this, not only do I set myself up in January thinking about it, but the actual planning started back in April. I negotiated with some of my clients to make sure that they knew about my break. I actually did some extra uh, business coaching and strategy calls with one of my regular clients from April to June in preparation so that I would put in my time and hours, but still be paid during July on my retainer contract, even though I wasn't working. I did put my out of office on. I had a virtual assistant taking care of my inbox. And that meant that I didn't have to be in there all the time. I found myself checking in when I wanted to, but it certainly wasn't every day. And in June, I actually gave Liz everything she needed for July and August so that she could run the show entirely. And I was able to delete the Instagram app. Admittedly, sometimes I cheated and poked in. But every time I went into Instagram or went into my inbox, it was because I wanted to, not because I felt like I had to, or because I had to put out some kind of fire between Liz and my virtual assistant. They knew if there was an offer in my inbox or in my Instagram inbox that I had won a million dollars, phone me. But unless it's that, you can handle it. I I hire people that I trust. And that was a really big piece of me planning to take the month off. Um, Now, at the time of this recording, it's the first week of August. Liz, coming back, how did it feel for you? It felt pretty good. Uh, I felt that I had disconnected from enough of the elements of my work that I was coming back refreshed. I start to get antsy and need a routine. I had said that to my partner, I think, Sunday night, like, you know, like I don't totally want to go back to work because, you know, not working is nice, but I, I need a routine. I like following a schedule. That's the kind of person I am. So that feel that makes me happy to have a, you know, a lunch break and I go grab a coffee around 10 30 or 11, you know, like I, I follow a routine. I felt a little rusty, especially with answering a pile of emails. Like it's been a while since I've done this, you know, the formality of some of those pieces of communication. Uh, but I, I felt really good. One thing that I did, and I know that you uh, are in a similar boat is I went back to the full-time work on Tuesday, but I needed to come into my office on Monday and write out my plans for the week. So I didn't spend my last day of my time away thinking about everything that I needed to get done. I needed to get it all out on paper, that terrible penmanship in my planner. I just needed to get it all out so that last day wasn't full of the Sunday scaries on the holiday Monday. Right, and there was something then to the Tuesday morning I imagine you experienced this, that on Tuesday morning, you didn't have to spend the first hour or two of your day going, what the hell am I doing this week? You were able to ease yourself in and know what you actually had on your plate so that Tuesday morning isn't a wash, isn't just a a panicked moment of, I have so much to do. Instead, it's already kind of measured out. And I also bought myself some extra time, even though I came back to work August 2nd, my out of office is on until the fifth. I always like to buy myself a couple days. Any email I send, it says, you'll get my out of office, but I am here. I just like to have a couple extra days. I can buy myself some response time. I'm busy responding to emails from the last month that I may not have gotten to, making sure I'm set up for the month ahead. So I find that that was really helpful. For me coming back, 
a month is a long time and I have the type of anxious brain. There's got to be somebody else who feels this, that every single day of vacation is like this countdown. So all of a sudden on July 5th, I'm like, oh my God, five days are gone. Have I wasted these five days? So it truly takes me about a week or two to get into the space of I'm not wasting any time. If I spend the day being super productive, great. If I spend the day reading a book in my backyard, also great. So a big thing for me when I'm off is to not judge how I use that time and instead just really enjoy it. And enjoying it looks like different things. Now, coming back was different for me than usual. In one of our past episodes, we talked about the difference between working in the business and on the business. And one of the things that we said is that you can't just wait for the magical week off or for the three days that you get to spend in the cabin in the woods to sit down and fully plan or work on your business. For the first time, I actually did the cabin in the woods business retreat even during my holiday month. If you wanna hear more about working in the business versus on the business, please check out episode 37 because Liz and I are firm believers that we have to work on the business a little bit even when we're running it and we're in the day-to-day pieces because we see that if you're waiting for the cabin in the woods, you might not get it or you might not take it. I will tell you that I spent about two weeks fretting over whether I should do this. For context, I was in Canmore for a wedding. I actually got to officiate my cousin's wedding, which was beautiful and exciting, and I loved it. And so I thought, well, I'm already here. What if I booked a place for myself and spent a few days working on all the things that I say I'm too busy for? I don't have time for, I don't make a priority. And so I weighed all of the pros and cons. How much is it going to cost? What does it look like? Because Robin was at the wedding with me. So how is he getting home while I stay? All of these little pieces. And it was actually my friend, Adam, who helped convince me why I needed to do this and why it mattered. And he said to me, he said, do you want to come back to the office with some dread or do you want to come back excited and ready to work and rock and roll and hit the ground running? And for me, that was what made me go, yes, I want these three days away so that I can sit back. I can read the books that I've been wanting to read. I can do some of the writing that I've been wanting to do, but always gets shoved to the back burner. And nobody says I have to work eight hours a day. So in these three days away, I got up around nine. I had some breakfast, sat down. I wrote, I planned, I'm reimagining claim your spotlight. I'm actively looking for more speaking gigs. So I'm sitting with my piece of paper and I'm, I'm looking at my media kit and going, who do I need to send this to? Because I want to be on more stages. And then in the afternoon, I go for a walk. I get a coffee or I sit by the pool. So it really took the pressure down, but it let my brain work. So coming back, I was excited. I knew exactly what I had on my calendar. Again, thank you, virtual assistant. It was all in there. And I knew that I had something to start, something I was excited about and could work on. So coming back, 
was exciting for me. But, and this is a big but, I am still an anxious perfectionist. I am impatient. I want everything now. And I want to do everything as well as I can. One of the challenges of taking a break is feeling like you're a little rusty or that you've forgotten what you do. Liz, tell me a little bit about your experience of this anxiety of coming back. Oh, absolutely. Even with writing emails, like I mentioned, that was where I was the rustiest because that was the thing I was really intentional about staying away from. We've written hundreds of thousands of emails in our lives, but the, the act of sitting down and responding to someone felt really foreign to me. And I had to kind of take a beat and remember how to do this. Uh, so that felt uh, felt rusty. And you don't want me to talk about the meta of the podcast, but we haven't done we haven't done this since June because we got the recordings out of the way uh, before your month off. And we, we I joked about it before we started recording. And AW said, "Stop, because you'll mess <laughs> us up." Uh, but that's a thing that we we haven't done this in a while either. So there's there's a rustiness to this as well. Uh, because, you know, we, we got, we got out of our routine for a bit. There were lots of pep talks this week yeah. getting started going, hang on. I know how to do this. <laughs> I'm good at this. People trust me. And I talked to Robin about this and he said something, A, brilliant and B, that I needed to hear. He said, you don't forget expertise. And I see myself as an expert in order to be an expert. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm less good at. And this is what brings me into this analogy. I I keep thinking about a surgeon. What kind of surgeon do you want? Do you want the surgeon who is burned out, who's rushing in, who's counting down the hours till their break or lamenting that they don't have a break and haven't taken a day or a week off in months? Or do you want the rested surgeon? The one who's taken time away to rest, to relax, to reconnect with their values and purpose, to read something that engages them, to exercise their brain and body in other ways, and then show up energized and ready to do their best work. I am no surgeon. I have no medical background, nor do I think that I'm saving lives on a daily basis. So put my ego aside. I am not saying I am a surgeon, but what I do know is that when I'm rested, I'm more patient. When I'm rested, I have more energy. I get more excited. I'm refreshed. And the skills that I have honed for years are not forgotten. These skills come back naturally. I imagine like a surgeon, there's a certain amount of muscle memory. There are no real layers of dust on what I do, on the questions that I ask or the way that I engage an audience. In fact, coming back to it felt like this, I'm coming home. I know what I'm doing here. So maybe my hand is cramping from writing notes because I haven't done that as much. Or maybe I'm a little rusty sending emails. Things aren't happening quite as quickly, but I know that it takes me so little time to get back there because you do not forget expertise. My favorite question in the world, of course, so what? So Liz and I have spent 20 minutes talking about this on the podcast. Why does this actually matter? This matters because we need rest. 
if you're anything like me, there's this fear that if we rest, if we take time off, we'll somehow lose it all, right? If you don't use it, you lose it. And that's a way to talk ourselves out of taking a break or taking any rest. We're afraid that we're going to lose our genius. We'll lose our connections. We'll lose our reputation of our response time or who we are. There's this fear that we'll forget what we know or how to do it or that we'll be forgotten. And none of that is true. So the biggest so what here is, yes, taking a break might feel hard, but in the long run, it is going to do you more good than it does harm. We are better when we are rested. And that rest might look different for each of us. For some people, it means catching up on sleep. For some people, it means watching five seasons of The Real Housewives of Dallas. Whatever it is, we are better when we're rested. Liz, what's the so what for you in talking about this? I think it's just a reminder for me. I'm grateful that we're having this conversation so that I can go back to it when I get to probably the middle of October, I'm thinking, and probably need to take some time off or actually take a Thanksgiving long weekend or whatever that might be. I need that reminder uh, because the fall is going to be wild times for all of us. And so I just need this in the back of my brain always. And so it's good to have this, this reminder. As I was writing the script, I could see myself already thinking, oh, I need to listen to this in the beginning of December. And I need to listen to it in the beginning of January when I come back. The times when it's hard to take a break or it feels really hard to come back. It's like, no, this is worth it. And I always like reminding myself and others that we can take a break and nothing terrible has happened in my life or in my business. Maybe an email was missed. It's going to be fine right? Maybe I I posted something on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. It's fine. So there's always this good reminder that the world still goes on, even if we take a couple days off of social, take a couple days off of work. And to set that boundary, I did not have a single client who said, oh, you're off in July. Instead, I'm really about teaching people how to treat you. And so I had clients say, I know you're off in July. Are you available June 28th? Hell yes, I am. So now it's a standard that I am setting that I don't work in July. And magically, people that I work with, people that I respect and respect me, respect that boundary. And it's better for all of us because I'm coming back fresh in August. As we move into the fall, um, people with the privilege to take the time off, we very much acknowledge that it is a, a privilege to be able to take some time off. Taking a month off is no small feat. Some people are still wrapping up holiday time or enjoying long weekends. So I'm here saying I encourage you to soak up a little bit more of it and really let yourself, let your work be. Let yourself trust that your work will be there when you get back. And that nothing so catastrophic is going to happen that you don't deserve some time. We would love to know from our audience, what gets you back in the groove? Join us on Instagram and share, how do you get back to business after some time away? 
maybe it's a trip, maybe it's a vacation. I'm going to post a hilarious article about the difference between a trip and a vacation. Maybe it's a staycation. Maybe it's a parental leave. Whatever this time is, by sharing your ideas, you're helping others find their way and hopefully giving somebody a tip or tool that supports their transition back to work. Speaking of back to work, today's WWAWD comes from Freya, who says, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? I felt fine when I was working from home and had separation from my colleagues, but now that I see them in the office each day and we're having more conversations about our lives and about our work, I'm feeling that creep in. What do you think, AW? Freya, this is a fascinating question, especially given what is kind of provoking this imposter syndrome. All of a sudden being around more people, it lets you look more critically at others and at yourself, who's producing more, who's taking more meetings or making more phone calls, whatever your work looks like. For me, I need to keep my blinders on a little bit. And that means that I'm pretty intentional about how I spend my time, who I spend my time around. Full disclosure, I actually haven't put Instagram fully back on my phone yet. I check in when I want to, but earlier this week, I found myself scrolling and I found those things creeping in. Even seeing some of my very close friends' Instagram stories and seeing what they're doing and they're traveling and the people they're seeing and all the activities, I start to question and go, oh, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Is there something wrong with what I'm doing? Now, when it comes to something like looking at Instagram or listening to a particular podcast, that is more of a choice. When you're at work with other people, I still think there's something to keeping the blinders on, keeping your eye on the prize. And I really like asking myself the question, what does success look like for me? Because it's really easy to get caught in comparing how many emails is this person sending versus how many am I sending? How many meetings are they in versus me? How many new drawings are they creating? They created five while I only created two. Instead, setting your own term of this is what success looks like for me setting my own goal of here's what I want to accomplish in a day and stop comparing the to-do list between you and the person in the office next door or your colleague across from you. It is not a competition. So I think by going back into setting the personal goal and perhaps looking at what did work for you when you were working by yourself, what was it that helped eliminate that? It, maybe it was the presence of your colleagues but when you were by yourself, there must have been other things that you were doing that were helping keep you focused and on task and making sure that you're getting your job done. So how can we take some of the elements that work for you from home, translate it to your work environment? There is a wonderful podcast from Being Boss with Tanya Geisler, who specializes in imposter complex. If you want to know why I'm using the word imposter complex instead of imposter syndrome, listen to the podcast. And she talks about, I believe it's 10 or 12 things that happen when we feel like an imposter and how to fight back against them. So what are the things that we tell ourselves when we feel like we're imposters and how do we fight back against that? thing so that we can move on with our day and not let it trip us up. Freya, this is a great question, and I'm sure many people are going to experience this as some people are transitioning back to work environments. 
again, my big thought here is find what works for you and keep your eyes on your own paper. Thank you so much, Freya, for your question and great answer as always, AW. We want your questions. Please keep sending them. You can send them on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. Uh, you can also visit theamandawagner.com and submit your questions through the contact form there. Please join us at the Amanda Wagner on Instagram and tell us, how do you get back into work after some time away? I have a feeling, like I said, this is going to be an episode that I return to in December for a holiday break and something that I keep in mind as I plan for any time off during the holidays or even some long weekends. If you think I'm excited and feisty and have great ideas on the podcast, you should see me speak to an audience. I am actively searching for speaking gigs within the Edmonton and Alberta community, and I love to be on stages. So if you or someone you know is looking for a fantastic speaker who is determined to get your audience fired up, hit me up at theamandawagner.com. And if you or someone you know needs some help with their digital communications, they need some help with writing or podcasting or social media, please hit me up. You can find me on Instagram at Liz Pittman or visit LizPittman.com. It was great to be back in the Zoom room, back to podcasting. We are geared up for the second half of the year and are so happy to have you back with us. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And until then, we'll see you on the internet. There's actually a, like a layer of dust on my microphone I'm seeing now. Like I actually had to wipe off the dust. <laughs> Lovely. Well, that's cute. Yeah. How nice. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's symbolic, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>